Yeah. Woo! Burn, burn, burn those graphics down. <laughs> One day. Hey. Howdy. Hey. Welcome to the episode of Dude Soup for the week of May 11th, 2012. Uh, my name is Lise Williams. I'm the host this week. We do a rotating host here if you're new to the show. And I'm joined by Adam Kovic. Yo. Illustrious leader of Funhouse. Adam, I feel like a lot of our audience is either... You and I are very close. We're very good mm. friends. Yeah. Longtime friends. A lot of our audience is like, I'm team Adam. I'm team Elise. Why do you think that is? Uh, I mean, I mean, probably because you're a blood and I'm a crip and people just feel like they got to pick sides. You know how it goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Are you a Benefer or um, who's that other woman he's dating? <laughs> <I> <laughs> or know. Twilight. Yeah, you know? exactly. Jacob, Edward, I don't know these names, but people just feel like, you know, it's it's tribal mentality. You got to pick a side. Here's the thing. No matter what side you pick, like the Alien versus Predator franchise, we win I, or lose. I, do think I, forget who, I forget what happens. You and I give off like a lot of strength, each of us, and a lot of energy, and that mm -hmm. might be part of it too. Someone who my other compatriot on the show I think this person is someone that anyone would choose. You don't have to make a choice when it comes to this person. It's John Smith. What up? Hey, John. John. How's it going, everyone? Could I offer you some raspberries <laughs> or blueberries? Wait. They are alternating that, colors. That's impressive. Okay. They're alternating colors. How did I get them between all my fingers? For the audio listeners, I've done a magic trick where I have berries between every single finger. How would I do it? So... Before the show began, John told us that he would have an impressive trick of a human feet, mm -hmm. I believe he called it. And I, I guess it was sticking the berries between his fingers. I mean, you probably just have a bowl of mashed up berries somewhere on your desk that you jammed your hands into <laughs> and fished Maybe. around for some berries. A magician never reveals his tricks, Elise. <laughs> oh, it shows the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just it's just containers. Wow, I, that was impressive. I I, I think you, you should take that on the road, but you know, don't. Just not right now. Me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, angry don't. angry fathers around the world be like, get away from my daughter, <laughs> you son of a bitch, you berry pervert. <laughs> I always buy raspberries. I'm a I'm a big raspberry fan. Yeah, something I've I've noticed raspberry flavoring is a lot more tart than raspberries themselves. Yeah. Raspberries okay. are sweet as fuck with a little mm -hmm. bit of tartness, whereas raspberry flavoring, it's like, it makes you do that sucker face, you know, mm -hmm. what, that face. What flavor is the pink Starbucks, Starburst based upon? Diamonds uh, or something. I don't know, because it's like, I, to me, it's the best tasting one. And for me, that's what pink tastes like. Yeah. Yeah. I hear there that. are some flavors that don't taste like a, a food, a correlating food. They taste like a color. Mm -hmm. They're the person mm -hmm. personification of that color. I love like me some blue. Unicorn. I'll say blue Gatorade tastes like blue. I can't describe yeah. it, but it's blue. <laughs> yeah. It tastes like the abyss. Mm -hmm. It's a lot different than the toilet cleaner that I also drink, but which is also blue. But, you know, honestly, what, what goes down, stay down. Toilet cleaner smells good. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with that. A little too I, good. Yeah. Oh, I we're we're doing the house cleaning around here, and I got the the one with the the tube that it has a little hook, so you go underneath the toilet and you wrap it around. 
this is this is breathtaking um, <laughs> dialogue that we're having here today. Sorry, I was just excited because I clean toilets before recording this illustrious podcast. That's what I. I do. like huffing I like, toilet cleaner. It makes you feel happy, and it it's, it kind of burns your nose. Sorry, yeah, that was your, a joke. No one do that. that was, no. <laughs> I was making a joke. I laughed. It's a good joke. Bleach bleach Usually, will set you free. <laughs> Usually well, I don't, it doesn't get close enough to my nose for me to really have that experience with it. I direct it at the bowl. Most toilet experiences, I bend down and I, I take a big breath in. Mm. Are you guys getting a lot of spiders right now? Yeah. Yeah. It, I didn't realize how many, I think if you don't assert your dominance, the spiders start to arrive in droves. It, I, I wish don't know, I was I don't, getting spiders. You you have them. You probably do. And they're they're I think they're actually great housemates, especially the daddy long legs, the the kinkiest oh, yeah. of the spider kingdom. <laughs> they because they I think they don't bite you, right? They just kill flies. Mm-mm. I think if John turned around, he's like, I don't I don't have any spiders. And then he turns around and there's a giant spider on his back like Garfield. <laughs> I was going to say it's the the final shot from the movie Enemy or there's just a giant. I don't want to spoil it. Sorry. Yeah. You should go no, see that movie. I, it's pretty good. That that movie was filmed in. Well, I think it was filmed in Scarborough, which is like outside of Toronto. It's one of the boroughs. It's, it's got a six. Canadian vibe nice. to it. Yeah. it. It definitely does. It was hard to watch. What? Oh no! I enjoyed it. I I like that movie. That's it's from good. De- it's that's good. Denny Villeneuve. Villa, Villeneuve. <laughs> For me, it's just tough because like I, I get that way with any stuff that I recognize as being Canadian because of my innate national shame. Well, that's that's what it was like when I saw Battlestar Galactica for the first time. I was like, wow, they're in this. How'd they build this future city? And like, nah, it's Toronto. It kind of it kind of looks like if the '90s was the future. Yeah, it's actually uh, past New York. Um, oh really? Hmm. That's why I feel like you know Toronto always dupes as New York in movies. But oh. just, it feels a little less than. Yeah, I thought like you were saying squad, that it right? passed beyond New York. That now Toronto oh. was cool New York, and New York was being left in the dust. Oh well, if you watch like Maybe. was it Dark Knight Rises? I think they shot in like downtown LA, New York, Chicago, Toronto. <laughs> like it's just an amalgamation of every city ever made. Like at one point there's like, I don't know, they're walking by a Hong Kong structure. Like, who cares? It's just, it was just a uh, Chris Nolan wanting to go on vacation. Uh, uh, people may not know this, but you know, for this podcast, it's not always willy nilly fly on the seat of our pants. Usually whoever's producing for that week, couple days before we'll choose the cast for the episode and that can be a little bit dicey because you know if there's news breaking you want to make sure that you have a cast that can speak to that topical relevant news i really lucked out today because i had an, in advance asked adam and john to do the podcast and then mm. of course today jeff keely kicked off his summer game fest or as i want to say kick flipped off his summer <laughs> game fest <laughs> Uh, with a big unveiling of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two remake, not a, mm. not really. I think it's a I think it's a remake. I think we call it a remake. Uh, it's not really a remaster. It's it's a, a newly built version mm-hmm. of these two games. Don't and call it a re remake comeback. That's a quote. That's how should. Jeff opened the interview <laughs> with about that, <laughs> that much quote. excitement level. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. Some some background on this. 
Jeff Keeley, uh, who you know from the Game Awards, Game Trailers, GTTV, he is doing a four-month Summer Game Fest event where periodically over these four months, he's going to be dropping game releases, interviewing devs, celebrating games. And I think, if you'll remember, prior to the COVID uh, crisis, Jeff had backed out of E3. He was like, I'm not doing E3. I usually, he usually ho- you know, would host the gaming Coliseum. He's like, I'm not doing that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everyone was kind of like, what is what does Jeff have in store? And I would have really liked to have known what he did have in store because I'm sure this is a pivot to some extent have, due to the circumstances. Yeah. But he's he's kind of, I think he's also sort of doing this fairly independently. Like he he made a tweet, I believe, just saying that he's he's kind of like the the editor, the producer like he's sort of doing this all part and parcel himself which is pretty cool oh wow and i'm I'm, and of course like we can kind of we could go through all the different developers publishers that are doing their own events you know even in greg miller our friend it kind of funny he's like hosting a a big event that's going to be happening and stuff so they're they're all turning to digital in this time yeah microsoft just did their thing last week microsoft just did theirs sony has one Yes, yeah. I think Sony has on this. This episode will come out the day Sony does. They just announced today. I think that they're doing something Thursday. We're filming yeah. this on Tuesday the twelfth. So Jeff is doing another Summer Game Fest thing tomorrow on Wednesday. But today they they announced. Uh, he sat down with Tony Hawk himself and then Jen. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it was from, like he was on the podcast with us. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> Tony Hawk himself and then Jen. Everyone, oh, he like the brought same. him in. <laughs> <laughs> Jen from Vicarious Visions. Um, Vicarious Visions is the the developer. They yeah. uh, they did the Crash Bandicoot trilogy, and they did a bunch of the handheld Tony Hawk ports. So they are doing this remake that's Man. coming to PS4 and PC on Epic on September fourth. Um, it's going to be 4K, 60 frames per second, and oh wow, but a, a few new features and stuff. They, I can break it down for you guys because they kind of go through it in the video. Yeah, but I, before it. we get to that, I just I mean, maybe I should because that, that, that way we can get sort of your initial like reactions to this. Take it all the way back, Elise. Who's Jeff Keeley? <laughs> well, at the age of 15, Jeff attended E3 for the first time. Um, <laughs> no, I don't, I, I, Jeff, I mean, Jeff is a staple of the industry. No, I know, I know. Um, we, we, we have a... a, a <laughs> we all love Jeff. I know you have, a, you have a long-term working relationship. We have more of a recent working relationship with him in the sense that we've been judges for the Game Awards for the past couple of years. And then mm-hmm. he's been on our podcast. He's a gent. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. He, he cares about the video games and the kids and not in that order. <laughs> Jeff and I are actually have been in an intimate relationship for a long time now. He denies has it. He see, has he that's, seen the berries between your fingers? <laughs> that's how I brought him. That's how I impressed him. I said, hey, can I offer you a raspberry? It's been between my fingers for three hours. And he said, get away from my daughter, you son of a bitch. He doesn't have a kid. <laughs> well, uh, here's some deets. I hate yeah. that word. On the <laughs> two remakes that are going to be coming. As I said, it's coming from Vicarious Visions coming out at 4K, 60 frames per second. So this is next gen that we're getting. It's going to get some later additions to the series, like the revert uh, feature, which is where you could do like vertical, you know, uh, sequences like in air, you would you would do combos and stuff that was added in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. It's going to feature online and local multiplayer, which local obviously is a little bit uh, useless, futile in our current state if you're not living with people. But 
uh, and it's going to have a creator mode. So you're going to be able to create your own parks and levels and post them online, and you'll be able to create a skater using different, uh, you know, diverse features and characteristics. The, the, the thing that they sort of touted in this video was the creating a park and being able to modify different pieces. So like you can take a ramp and you can kind of like twist it. You could like uh, what? build a ramp up to the sky if you want. You can take rails and you can kind of twist them to make a roller coaster. Uh, so it seems like it's going to be uh, definitely like the first Tony Hawk game came out in 1999. And, you know, what were the popular musics on, on the tracks, uh, the soundtrack at the time? Oh, man. Gorilla Radio. Had, yeah, we, it was what Goldfinger and was it Rage Against the Machine was in the second one? Man. Power Man 5000. Hell yeah. <laughs> you can play as Armored Spider-Man. <laughs> so a lot's, a lot's changed, but that the music will stay the same. Uh-huh. The dead That's Kennedys what I was curious about. May, may be retired, but their music lives on in Tony uh, Hawk. Actually, maybe the but, dead uh, Kennedy's still playing. I have no idea. Controllers have changed since this game first came out. There's way more buttons. That's true. Analog sticks. Uh, also, so just well, touchpads. I'm sorry. You continue. Oh, no, what were you going to say, John? I was going to say that... Uh, I don't remember if it was in Tony Hawk 2, but one of the Tony Hawks I played had a level creator. And I remember doing that and uh, not being able to share it with anyone. <laughs> so it's pretty interesting <laughs> that the the level creator is going to come back in, in, you know, in a modern world where you know, we have Super world. Mario Maker, things like that, where I, I'm very excited just to see the kind of levels that people make. It's, it's probably going like to be nuts. You- would have had to have made your level, then gone outside, done an ollie so you would fall and hit your head, get yeah. amnesia, and then go back inside and play your level for the first oh, time. Oh, wow. We all did it, you know? <laughs> Everyone with pushers. <laughs> Adam, you had an audi- private audience with Mr. Hawk earlier. Was it earlier this year or last year? It was last year. We went to the YouTube gamer summit thing or whatever it was um for uh it was i think it was it was usually the stuff bruce would go to but it was uh mm-hmm. right around the time he was departing our little channel and um departed, departed. it was basically like it was like hey you're doing this now I was like oh crap yeah. <laughs> i'm not i'm not used to these events where i have to network and talk to people and um our youtube rep hit me up and said hey super um pri- you know keep this to yourself, you know, super secret NDA thing. Do you want to interview Tony Hawk? And I was like, for what a job? Like what's going, what are we doing here? (laughs) And, um, she was like, well, out of everyone here, like, I think, I think you, you've done this sort of stuff before. So like, I think you'd be a good call for this. So like kind of more on the mature level. She called me old. I'm older. Yeah. You know, I thought she was like, I've seen you Mm -hmm. wear soaps. You want to talk to, (laughs) I, I I I have a funny soap story related to Tony Hawk. I'll tell you after this. But um, yeah, basically they were just saying like, hey, um, we we expect you to be professional and this sort of stuff and we think you'd be a good fit for this. So uh, we did a phone call and we we just sort of talked about it and like they just it was kind of weird because it was like on one side it's Tony's people and then on the other side it's YouTube's people and they go, all right, kids, have fun. But everyone's listening in on you having a phone call. Yeah. And so I'm just like, hi, Mr. Hawk. I like <laughs> I don't uh, <laughs> Let's let's talk about stuff. But um, yeah, I, I just basically did the thing where I'm like, yeah, I think there's there's a parallel between online content creators and what you did for skateboarding. It's obviously not the same thing, but you you did something 
when no one else was really doing it and you pioneered an entire industry around it. And it's a lot of it is making a career out of your hobby. And I think that, I think after we, we kind of had that discussion, we, we clicked and it made sense. And then I also said, Tony Hawk pro skater three was the best one. And he agreed. Um, so that was good. We kind of nerded out on that level, but then, yeah, we only met like briefly, uh, in Palm Springs when we did the thing. And then, um, he mostly talked, like I, I had a few questions. Uh, YouTube gave me a couple things to say, but like I basically just sat up on stage and he just talked the whole time. And it was just like, he's a really well-spoken, refreshing individual. Like he has, he has a great personal story and everything that he's done. And the fact that he's still doing it and he was like skateboarding right before he came to the event, he found like a little skate park in Palm Springs <laughs> and was just hanging out. And some kid was there and didn't even know who he was. And I was like, that's pretty funny so That's cool when you yeah. did this thing did, was there like any indication of like there might be something some news with pro skater he he kind of hinted at something my assumption was he was working on a completely new franchise i didn't know they were doing a remake um but yeah he um oh I think someone from Stadia or something was like, hey, we should totally talk. And he's like, I can't really right now because of things that are in flux. And I'm like, that's code for you're working on a video game. Hey, yeah. I got mm-hmm. that. Obviously couldn't say mm-hmm. anything back then, nor would I. Oh, wires. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of I didn't know it was going to be so soon. I was expecting this to be like a year from now, uh, from like now ish. But pretty cool that they're they're still working with the franchise and it's not that really crappy remake that they did uh, a little while ago. I don't know if you guys played that one, but it was garbage. It was 2012. And yeah, I think it got pretty lackluster response across the board. Yeah. Something that I didn't know uh, because I grew up in it was that before the success, and I heard this, this is something they kind of cover in the documentary that came out recently. Uh, Well, I guess it's not out. It, it, It was made recently and it just recently got publishing rights. Um, Mm -hmm. someone got them. And so it will be coming out soon. Um, but it's a documentary about Tony Hawk and about the success of the video games. Skateboarding was like kind of a fringe culture type thing. Or, I mean, you know, it wasn't very popular until, uh, the Tony Hawk games blew up. And then, because everyone in my generation at least owned a skateboard at some when you're point from Southern and tried riding skateboards. Yeah, in Cal in California, and Which so I feel like it's a whole other thing too. Yeah, it's crazy to think that. I mean, video games, even back then, had such a large impact on society and culture, at least for kids, in like a big way, and changed probably a lot of people. You know, even though they're, you know, in their 30s now are still skating because of Tony Hawk. Uh, It might be a geographical thing or maybe because I was from a very uncool uh, part of town. (laughs) But I as a a 34 year old now, I look back as on my childhood and I really didn't know many kids that had skateboards. Really? Maybe. Maybe it was a California thing. I mean, yeah. everybody, yeah, cool. every, it was Canada. So everyone had, you know, everyone had five pairs of skates, like inline skates yeah. or yeah. ice skates I, and stuff. But I feel, yeah, I feel like kids always skateboarded when I was growing up, but it wasn't until, yeah, like Tony Hawk came out when I was in like middle school, high school, when it, it started to like really blow up. And that was around the time, like it was this perfect storm of the skate culture and um, the acceptance of skateboarding had become hit hit an all-time high like like i said listening to tony hawk talk about it um from his perspective and you know doing this stuff back in the 70s and 80s when he was like made fun of for doing it and was just called like horrific names and 
uh, just stuck with it and then like got to a point where he got to like skateboard at the White House. And like, that's that's a pretty awesome story. Um, but um, it, it is it is weird to think that. Yeah. A long time ago, th- it wasn't cool to skateboard. And now it's the coolest yeah. thing you can do next to doing drugs. Uh, random anecdote. Uh, he Tony Hawk is from San Diego, where I'm from. And I guess. This guy from my church had kids that were into skating and he was like a carpenter. And so he built a half pipe in his backyard for his kids. And this is back when Tony Hawk was like really young. And Tony Hawk would come over to his house and like skate on his little half pipe. But he, you know, he was like 13 or something. Uh, I learned that, you know, when I was. Helped Tony Hawk practice skating, essentially. Yeah. yeah, That guy, Mr. Hyden, is responsible for Tony Hawk's career. (laughs) He should be on this podcast, not you, John. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we're going to talk more about our expectations for these remakes. But first, a word from our sponsor, Honey. Let's talk saving money for a second. You know that Honey is the free online shopping tool that automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart. And you know how great it feels to save. But how does it feel to save with Honey? Saving with Honey feels like buying a ton of turnips in Animal Crossing at 80 bells per and then selling them at five times that for a profit. And I know you know what I mean because I know you're in it too. Shopping with Honey has helped me feel less guilty about spending since I save money on the things that I I buy for myself. Things that I don't need but are just kind of treats like clothes and shoes. I feel relieved to know that uh, if I'm going to spend, at least I'm getting a deal doing it. Which is really nice and results in a lot more treat myself days for your old pal, Wheezy. You may not know this, but Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, including Macy's, Target, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. I shop at all of those, and they're adding more stores every day. Using Honey feels pretty great. You can think of it as a little daily victory, you know, something special for you. Plus, it's free to use and installs in just a few seconds. No joke. You can get Honey for free at joinhoney.com dude. That's joinhoney.com dude. And save with me. Thank you, honey. And we're back. Uh, where's your hype meter at with this? Like, are you guys, is this, are you, this is day one purchase for you guys? I think, yeah, it's going to be a fun, nostalgic, you know, right. I'm, I'm curious to see what it's going to look like months from now when people make some really crazy skate ramps and stuff. I've never yes. been crazy good at Tony Hawk. I, I've enjoyed it passively. And I think it sort of, the series peaked for me at three and then it, it you know, it's hard to keep up with the yearly releases, but, um, yeah, it's been a while since I played Tony Hawk games. So I'm I'm stoked. The last one that kind of is etched in my memory is Tony Hawk Ride, where it came with the <laughs> sensory board, which was kind of, you know that was a oh, man. misstep. Um, that was a weird. E- that was a weird E3 where right before that, I always remember this. They showed the the product demo for the Connect, which was at the time called Project Natal, and in it they show a kid bring a skateboard into the living room and he scans it. And then he's like skateboarding in the living room. And then right after that, Tony Hawk walks out with a stupid fucking toy skateboard and goes, this is the future. And it's like, but you just said it's not you. You're going to that. That 12 year old model said you can just scan it. I don't get it. And then, yeah, that thing was dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I actually I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for it, uh, but also probably every year or so I, I i bought a while back i bought a usb n64 controller and i'll just boot up you know old games that i owned uh and tony hawk pro skater 2 specifically is something that 
you know, I've I've revisited many, many times and just blasted through. So I'm very excited uh, for this remake because I can actually play it at 60 frames and not in like a 320 <laughs> by 240 <laughs> resolution. Yeah. yeah, you're like, come so, on, slam a jamma. And it's just the <laughs> slowest thing in the world. Knowing huh. like how your own feelings toward it then, which is it's pretty much like a nostalgia buy for you. Do you, John, mm-hmm. feel like this is going to be a an entry point for a whole new generation of gamers, maybe because of the creative mode? Yeah. Um, I'm curious uh, if another, like, you know, depending on how big it is, because also back then there weren't as many video games. Um, and so when something like this came out, especially this was, one of the first games of its kind, I feel like, or at least one of the first ones that really did it right, it blew up. Whereas now, um, you know, even though it's going to be a nostalgia thing, there's so many games, like the whole Skate series, like, uh, you know, people have kind of credited as like one of the best Skate games. Um, So I don't know if it's going to be as big of an impact for younger kids now because there are so many options um, compared to back then, I mean, but there were so many Tony Hawk games too. They sort of over flooded the market. With yeah. Those games. I was like, it needed a break, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. In order. And then, and then go back to the ones people remember fondly, but having sort of the mechanics of the ones that I guess people sort of, I, I don't know what the Tony Hawk community, if there is <laughs> one, uh, says, but you know, like it, from my understanding, a lot of people really enjoyed it. Like three was sort of like when it peaked like mechanically, but I'm, I'm sure there's more nuance and more complicated tricks out there that I know nothing. Maybe project eight was when I got the best. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't know the depth of this project yet in this game, but it would be marvelous if this is a really impressive uh, creator mode. And maybe it's like, maybe instead of do, doing GTA, we're doing Tony Hawk maps every week. Yeah. Could be. Uh, could be cool. And I thought like, that was going to be the case with Fallout or with Far Cry 5, but. Oh. Yeah. But I definitely That's could okay. see it lie. happening. Do you, do you want to hear yeah. my, my soap shoes Tony Hawk story? Yeah, we've been waiting. <laughs> John and I have just been filling the, the space <laughs> well, well, from when you first mentioned it. First of all, the thing that solidified him as being one of the coolest people in the world was when I told him, I was like, well, in high school, I rollerbladed and I was a loser and I'm sorry. And he, his reply was, dude, that's awesome. Like, I think it's just awesome that people are like out there doing stuff like, man, that's really cool. You did that. And I was like, where were you when I was growing up, man? Like I needed this positivity instead of Do all the people. Do you think that he thought you were like 22? <laughs> like, uh, and he was no. like, yeah, little guy, you, uh, you, <laughs> yeah. keep, you keep going. I'll sign your goosebump. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but then I was talking to him about like, oh yeah, I remember like I saved up for some soap shoes back in the day. And he's like, oh, check this out. And he pulled out his phone and he's showing me this clip from my, I, he has like a, a Tony Hawk ride channel, his YouTube channel that I think he did with like in conjunction with YouTube, they paid a bunch of money into it or whatever. But like there's this one part in the video where he's doing this half pipe trick and then he just slides across the rail because he's wearing one soap shoe. And yeah, and there was enough people who the the soap shoes came and went for those who don't know there. It was a short lived thing. If you ever played Sonic Adventure 2, you absolutely know what they are, but (laughs) they're shoes with grind plates on the bottom because baby, you just need to grind all the time. 
and they got a lot of <laughs> sand and crap stuck in there and they're very expensive but they're awesome um but yeah he found like a guy on ebay and bought like the one size 12 or 13 soap shoe he could find so he could just do this one trick and then like people in the comments were flipping out because like how did he magically slide with his shoe <laughs> i was like I was like that's pretty and he was he was like yeah i don't think anyone i've ever seen anyone do anything like this i don't i don't know why i didn't catch on i'm like because soaps were made fun of i think but Aww. um i had a pair thanks tony no there's <laughs> that one guy um who's like he's the only soap shoe pro skater or like pro st- that he's still doing stuff like Awesome. He has a YouTube channel and like <laughs> I want to watch. He still this. goes out and skates. A soapist. <laughs> a soapist. Oh, I yeah. I don't know if that's the right yeah. terminology. I don't know what they call themselves. Oh. Um, well. Anyway, yes. Super excited. Tony Hawk <laughs> and soap shoes are coming back, baby. So yeah, I think One we're we're ones. gonna see how this creator mode pans out. But for for the time being, everyone's waiting with with bated excitement. I think. Oh, sorry. I just saw in your in your, in, in this dude soup doc you put together, um, Vicarious Visions developed all the the Game Boy Advance and Nintendo DS titles for Tony yep. Hawk Pro Skater. That's something that it seems like they'd be wonky, but the GBA version of Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two is like really good. It's isometric and it's it's really fun. So so does that steal your confidence in them? I think the fact that they were able to translate it to a medium where it doesn't seem like it should work mm-hmm. uh, is uh, encouraging. Hmm. That's cool. I also that was so long ago. How many people do you think who worked on that Game Boy Advance version are now working That's on true. this remake? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not not to shit yeah, on you, John. True. I didn't didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I mean, there's like there's one guy who's you know 57. He's like, like. I'm coming out of retirement. To <laughs> but I mean, Tony whoever Hawk once again, you know, maybe whoever worked on those games are now kind of, you know, in a more managerial position at Vicarious Visions and probably can put together a good team. That's I'd a good think. point. They, they brought their their hands on experience and now they're looking at it at a top down level. Yeah. Um, Just like of- the Game Boy Advance <laughs> top down. Oh, the asymmetric top-down view. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was. It's funny that you transitioned it to that point because I was going to try to transition it to our next story. Oh. But uh, which was sometimes the top-down is is not effective, um, and I am of course referring to the top-down partnership of Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman, uh, who Ooh. created and launched the streaming service Quibi, which is really struggling right now. That wasn't a oh. great transition. I well, I was going to ask, when does that come out? Quibi. Yeah, Quibi. Yeah. It's out, my friend. I, I believe it is. It went live on April 6th. What? Yes. Oh. And that's that. So that's there's a whole bag full of problems around Quibi. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of delve into them quickly for you guys. So I'm not just just talking at you um, because I also really didn't. It, it, Quibi is one of those words. We use it now as a punchline. Right. And it's sort mm-hmm. of like floating around in the zeitgeist of this Quibi thing, this platform that we've heard about, that it's going to be revolutionary, but no one's I know is using it, and I'm not. Um, it was one <laughs> a $1.8 billion investment uh, that, you know, Katzenberg, you've heard of him before. He's former Disney DreamWorks, and then Meg Whitman, Whitman who was at the top of uh, the Hewlett Packard ladder, they teamed up to launch it, and they had all these investors like Alibaba, you know, it was supposed to be this, this big, uh, you know, 
media source that was marketed for the kind of fast paced time deficit 2020 user consumer. Like it was supposed to be that you could get entertainment and news in five to 10 minute chunks and you would watch it on the go. Um, if you're too busy to sit down and watch TV or a movie, you would, you would be able to just have it on the go with you. The problem became that no one is on the go. It launched precisely at the time that people became quarantined and that everyone's movement and mobility became hindered. So it launched April 6th. It fell out of the most downloaded uh, free iPhone apps within a week, the top 50. It's currently ranked 125 in the App Store behind Knock 'em All All and Duolingo. Um, This is according to Sensor Tower. Uh, It has a 90-day free trial, but even that's failing. And Sensor Tower claims that only 2.0 million people are currently using Quibi. Quibi says 3.5 million. Mm. Um, And so Jeffrey Katzenberg has come out and he's said that, (laughs) quote, I attribute everything that has gone wrong to coronavirus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he said, uh, everything, but we own it. If if, if the pandemic didn't happen, what do you think he would have blamed in that timeline? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it would have been a a wild success. Um, Mm. the New York times sort of delved into it recently and Quibi has been forced to pivot and make some changes to their initial strategy because of the COVID-19 response. Um, they were the user demand is obviously different. So when it was supposed to be only a smart service, smartphone service, now they're backpedaling and some content's going to be available on TVs. Um, Also, they had completely walled the service off from social media, which seems like a really weird strategy in our day and age. Yeah. Um, So now you're going to be able to to interact with it using social platforms. Uh, They're reducing their production on originals slowing pace just because, you know, I think that's just the trend right now anyway. And uh, their original marketing has sort of been to just push the platform of, of Quibi itself. That's I think that's why Quibi has been in the zeitgeist, because we just hear the word Quibi, Quibi, Quibi. Um, but now they're focusing on individual content. So instead of just promoting join Quibi, they're saying, come watch the return of Reno 911. Right. You can watch it. On, you can watch it on See, Quibi. Come watch yes, Blackballed that, and, you know, NBA that- that's kind of, I mean, man, there, there are so many playbooks that you can pull from of how not to do this. And there, there, there is no proven method of how this works. Cause there's like the Yahoo originals thing that we all, you know, laugh at, but mm-hmm. like they, yeah. they got community, which already had a following, a dedicated following that would go anywhere. And that wasn't enough yeah. to save that platform. Yeah. And then you've seen other like starting out and then you've seen the Apple TV method where it's like. We're going to make the best stuff. It's going to have all the actors you've heard of, and it's going to be all behind a paywall, and we're not going to advertise it. And you can only watch it if you have an Apple device because we're stupid. Apple Plus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Apple's in their walled garden thing, but it's like it's there's all these different ways of like, let's make it a club, I guess. I don't know. And not make it able, make it easy for people to watch in any way. Now they're just giving it away for a year because they want people to watch it. But I like the 10-minute chunk thing is tough, too, because it's like, well, who are you competing with? the biggest free platform on the planet, YouTube. And like, unless you have that one thing, that, that tiger King or something like that, you, I don't know if it's going to work and you still need to build towards those things. You know, Netflix started with licensed content and it was just sort of like an experiment. Like, let's just see how this works to come out, coming out of the gate swinging with all this, you know, 
yeah, whatever it is, uh, uh, quality VOD. What do you call it? It's like um, premium content. Premium, yeah, premium VOD content. Whatever it is, the whatever we hear in these meetings over and over. Um, and then also the name is really bad. I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> the I, name. I, I mean, it's just a weird fucking word. Or sorry, it's a weird <laughs> word. Um, I mean, I think it, it. It almost seems like they went, "Wow, look at all these successful companies." And what they've done to create these like you like these platforms that everybody's using. Let's try doing the opposite in every single regard. Um, Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. strange. Like, John, my question is in that regard, like, do you think that like Jeffrey Katzenberg pointing to coronavirus? But do you think that this would have been successful regardless? No. Um, I mean, how many (laughs) people... Even commuters, a lot of people are commuting in their cars. So their supposed like demographic is solely people that are using public transport to commute. With an iPhone. With yeah, with an iPhone. Um, and like in, in like what Adam was saying with like with you know competing with YouTube, but also just competing with the like cultural shift of you know back when YouTube first came around, if a video was over two minutes most people wouldn't click on it. Like it was all about creating short little content. If the video was too long, no one wanted to watch it. Whereas now, you know, Bon Appetit, for example, all their videos were around 20 minutes. Now they're putting out 50 minute long videos because people just want more content to consume. And, you know, like Netflix and stuff, how many people watch one episode of a show and they're like, that's good. No, people are binging. Um, And another point, Brock in a recently chat says most streaming sites remember where you left off anyways. So even if it's a, you know, an hour long show, you can watch it in 10 minute chunks and you're not like, it's not like you gotta go, Oh no, gotta start from the beginning. Yeah. Um, On that note, big ups to Brock and every other first member and everybody in chat. You can also join mm -hmm. the recent chat right now. Yeah. Um, I know. One other thing. Oh, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say one other thing. I heard about, what is it, Most Dangerous Game with Liam Hemsworth. And there's the Sophie Turner show where she's out trapped in the wilderness. It's called something like Wilderness, I think. Um, (laughs) But I learned about these shows and I was like, wow, like I'm very like most dangerous game. You know, I love all of the hundreds of adaptations of that show. And then I looked it up. I literally looked up Quibi and was like, all right, I'm going to subscribe to this and watch it. And then I got there and I went, huh, it's only on my phone. I don't own an iPad. You know, I would literally only be able to watch it on my tiny phone. And I was like, well, guess I'm not going to sign up for Quibi. Like the only way I would accept Quibi existing as it does the name and everything is if it was some kind of uh, British aristocrat named Reginald Quibi, Mm. who, (laughs) you know, uh, he descended from money. And so he decided because of his Due to inbreeding, he has a, a you know twelve minute memory, short term memory, and he said, "I'm going to make a platform for me, the Reginald Quibbies of the world." And this is this is what he made. He said, "Oh, I okay. say it's going yeah. to be Quibby." You know, then, then I would be vlogs. like, "Okay." It's like it's like him trying out new Shetland ponies for the week. I'd watch that. Yeah, 
I, I would de- that's, if that was Quibi, I'd be like, all right, Reginald. Yeah. Um, it just, it just, it always feels know. like it's the same story when you see these sort of things and it's like, it's Jeffrey Katzenberg, the guy who screamed at all those animators until he kicked him out and he tried to take a dead man's job because he, he can't read a fucking room. He's a psychopath. He started, he's the guy who made Shrek. You're like, okay, these are all good things, I guess. Uh, meanwhile, Disney Plus and HBO Max, um, I, I and I know we're, we're part of the, in, in a very small way, we're connected to this sort of stuff, but those, in my opinion, are the only ways you can even go up against the juggernaut that is Netflix is you have to have a a catalog that is A, good, and then B, nostalgic in some way yeah. where you go, and where fast. can I get all? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, man, Disney getting Simpsons is one of the smartest things. And that's probably why HBO Max is getting, I believe, South Park. It's like you mm. need that thing. That you go, yeah. oh my God, I love it. I want to watch all of these. Like, we have Batman or we have Iron Man. Like, you need Quibi's your Seinfeld, like, your friends, your Simpsons, your South yeah. Park. I mean, Hulu yeah. was doing that stuff a while ago too, with, uh, and then Netflix with Friends and then Seinfeld with Hulu. Like, it, but those things cost billions of dollars. And when Quibi's entire infrastructure was 1.5 billion, it's a huge number, but in, in, the grand scheme of it, it's not enough for them to be a competitor in this market. And I know it, it just sound like a, I've been in too many of these meetings <laughs> where <laughs> you, you hear these things and like, I don't know. I'm, I'm always, once again, this is coming from our weird world because we're, we're a very microscopic version of all this with RT first, but it's all, everything we do is personality based and it's a lot, it's a lot smaller, but it's also a lot safer. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, um, it's, it's, there is a free version and you can ideally watch it anywhere. And it's also, there's other ways of watching it instead of like, no, John, you watch it on your phone or you watch it on your Apple <laughs> TV plus, And that's all the only way you can do. I, people were pointing out so you can, um, watch Apple TV on like an LG or Samsung or something like that. But, uh, from my perspective as a consumer, I'm used to everything on Apple, just only being on Apple. Uh, that goes yeah. for trying to watch their press conferences where like, I'm sorry, you're on a PC. You can't watch this. You're like, okay, I guess I'll do the VLC stream thing, you jerk asses. But yeah, it's just, they, so, they love their walled garden. Sorry, I don't mean to rip on it. I mean, the, yeah, like walled garden. I For me, it was discovering that it's only on a phone, but at least I didn't know that they were like blocking it out all out from social media too. That's just like, how do they think people are going to learn about this except through your paid advertisements that is everywhere like you're you're so right especially when you look at what are the biggest platforms right now tiktok yeah you know how you could look at that and say i'm going to lean away from that model Mm. is bizarre Billy. uh so i mean i guess yes coronavirus may be contributing to quibi's struggling but I would love to have seen the, the sliding doors version of this to, to know what really, uh, <laughs> you know, the future of this this platform would have been. Where that person goes like, I'm not going to go to the wet market today and Quibi becomes the <laughs> biggest platform of all time. <laughs> uh, well, we've got more to talk about. But first, a word from our sponsor, Mint Mobile. And John, our Mint Mobile user in the office. That's me. <laughs> Good one, Uncle Bob. Well, let me end this call and do an ad read now. That's right. I've got a Mint Mobile hat on. Why? 
Because when I got my first cell phone with one of the big wireless providers years ago, I hated my monthly bill since that time. But guess what? I discovered there's another option that could give me the premium service I'm used to at a fraction of the cost. That's right. I could cut my wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month and save hundreds of dollars a year by switching to Mint Mobile. Check my hat. Unless you're an audio listener, I'm telling you I have a hat on. For anyone out there who's looking to save without sacrificing service, switching to Mint Mobile is a no-brainer. How are they saving all this money? Well, guess what? They're online only. They don't have any brick and mortars, any retail stores. So they're not paying rent, and they're passing that savings on to you, okay? Now, I you, you've heard this before. I've been talking up Mint Mobile for a while now. I have been using it, and guess what? No change in service. Why? Because everybody's sharing the same satellites. They're just charging different prices for it. So guess what? You shouldn't be paying more for the same thing. It doesn't matter which provider you go with. It's going to be about the same. So go with Mint Mobile for just 15 bucks a month. All right. And guess what? You know, you're, you're, you, you say, OK, John, and you sign up for it. and You're not satisfied. You're not 100 percent satisfied. Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. That's right. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash dude. That's mintmobile.com slash D-U-D-E dude. All right? Cut your wireless bill down to $15 a month at mintmobile.com dot com slash dude oh hankle bob yeah the ad read went great wow what an incredible ad read that was i John. agree yeah where did you think of that <sighs> just, you know was naturally or what i felt like i just i heard a a don't and then i looked out and i the words just came to me <laughs> uh, and by that, I mean, at least sent me copy over Slack. Oh, okay. But also, I put a little bit of my heart in there myself because I am a Mint Mobile user. It, this isn't an ad read anymore. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> this this next section isn't an ad read either. Um, it's It might seem like that because full disclosure, Adam and I are connected to this project. Um, yeah, but we we've our work is done. There, we've I, we have, ties. We, we gain nothing from <laughs> no. speaking more or less about this. This is purely uh, enthusiast media at this point. Yeah, we're talking as fans here today on Tuesday, May 12th. Ilphonic CCO Jared Garretson announced new Predator Hunting Grounds content coming May 26th. Uh, as I said, full disclosure, Adam and I provide voices in the game next to our co-star Arnold Schwarzenegger. <gasps> That's right. <laughs> We finally did it. We're finally, <laughs> I'm, I'm finally doing something that isn't standing in line behind someone who met Arnold Schwarzenegger once. <laughs> it's great. Um, by, behind someone that drop kicked Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, that kid was a jerk. <laughs> that guy, the dickhead, man. I was so pissed watching well, that. The best like, part the is he like doesn't 70. move. He gets kicked and he, mm-hmm. he's more of like, are you okay? <laughs> Have you yeah. seen this video, Wait. John? No. No. What are you talking oh, about? Random ass. You drop kicked him? No, <laughs> some some uh, young kid in 
another country, I believe. I'm not sure where. It doesn't matter. But Arnold's at like a, a fundraising event and some kid just runs up and jump kicks him in the back. And oh, like man. the 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 human tree that he is, he is unshaken. Like <laughs> like a breeze what? might as well have flown by. But the dude's sixty something. He's you know? in his seventies, right? 70. Like that, oh my god, yeah. Isn't he? I don't oh, wow. I, just like terrible. Um, but on a more positive note, um Arnold's back and he's he's in the like the new Predator game, voicing Dutch. Uh, there's going to be like a free update where you can listen to different voice tapes that tell you like the story that has been, uh, you know, he's been in from then and now. Um, mm-hmm. There's also DLC where, that you can buy where you play as Dutch and you get like a cool rifle and knife and stuff. I'm, I'm, it's just blowing my mind that we're gonna like play this and listen and to hang ourselves out with him and like just chat on the phone and be like, "How's it going? What's it like to have Chris Elise Pratt watch my back?" Like- <laughs> that's my arnold that's, i don't know if it was clear that was good that was a good arnold uh this is pretty cool <laughs> yeah no it's rad i mean we i think we were we sort of knew this was coming for a while or at least it was it was like the hope was that that it was going to happen and so like it, i'm glad that because like we were doing voice work for this stuff early on they told me it was temp uh didn't know i was going to be in the final game <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just they it was these really nice game developers poked their head outside and said you there boy what day is it and I had my little crunch and they uh, and they said talk into this can and we'll give you 55 yeah. bucks and I said you got it let's do that it's, it's that's cool. very pretty cool it's pretty neat. I still haven't yeah, I still haven't played it I want to check it out it's it's it is very fun it's it's like we have to save disclosure because Adam and I are in it, but we're not getting paid for this. Uh, no. We don't have to talk about it. It benefits us and no point uh, to talk about it now. Um, because clearly you heard the performances. It's not like this is a career boost <laughs> uh, or, or anything. Uh, but uh, I mean, the game itself is is pretty damn fun. And it's fun. I think it's, I. Yeah, I've, I've been following the online criticisms and it, it is sort of weird because I'm like, I, I have to take my self out of it in a weird way. Cause I'm like, I didn't, I wasn't involved with the development, yeah. um, but I know those guys and I know, you know, like Jordan and Garrettson and Chuck and those guys who are like, I've met some of the concept artists name and dropping the sound guy. And like, no, I, I mean, Jordan, <laughs> nice, our, our old, nice. old friend from the creatures, Jordan Kutura. from the creatures. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, these are people I've known for a long time. So I'm like, I'm rooting for them and I'm like, I want you to do well. And I, I know there are people who are critical of the game and, I know they're still working on it, but they're like, they are an indie team. They're a very, it's a small group in Seattle. So I'm like, I, I, I have fun with it. I've been enjoying it. Um, James sort of described it perfectly where it's like, when you get in, it's like, it's, it's a five to 10 minute game. You're in and out. And like, that's about all the time I have these days to play games. So I'm like stuff like that in room Terra are kind of nice when it's like, you can just jump in and out. And well, yeah, um, when there's no like just, barrier to entry of, you know, you yeah. can pick it up three months from now and, even if you're not leveled up a ton, you're not going to feel like you can't play it with your friends that have been playing it mm-hmm. um, a bit yeah. more. Kind of funny is like way into it, um, which yeah. we're also we're I, we should talk about it on here. We're doing a like week long kind of funhouse crossover. Where we're doing like content across uh, both of our channels. It's mm-hmm. pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, we've already. I just shot, realized oh. we shot we shot a couple things already. Um, and at least you we put shot out your family little... feud. <laughs> What's that? We shot family feud. 
That's right. <laughs> feud. It's just called feud. 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 Yeah, uh, legally. <laughs> uh, I just realized I had a friend growing up. This kid, Chris. Uh, congratulations. Was... Oh, sorry. There's more. <laughs> he was obsessed. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> he was obsessed with Predator and Alien and that whole like that whole franchise and or crossover or whatever. Um. I like. I mean, this is totally random, but I just realized he's probably so stoked that this game exists. He's probably playing it all the freaking time. Mm-hmm. So uh, well, I need to go ask John. Him. We actually have Chris on the line right now. Yeah. Really? Chris, get out of here. He's Chris, been is that you? at my apartment for two months uh, so that we could bring him out here. Yeah, Do you still fly there. drones for the military? <laughs> that wasn't for uh, the military. I can't throw my voice, so I. I oh, I thought cannot. James was going to do it or Benson. No, I don't know where he is. Um, he's probably working in our bedroom because it, we live in a box. Yeah, it would have been awesome if yeah, like Omar was back there, uh, just like in his boxers. <laughs> like, you guys got milk? <laughs> Why? Why is he there? Uh, but yeah, kind of funhouse week uh, is going to be. You guys recorded a, a CS:GO haunted thing with Andy Cortez. Man. Um, yeah, because we, we're we're trying to figure out content that works in the in our current situation. Um, and James came upon the the custom CS:GO maps. Have you played any of these, John? Before? No. So like, th- I'm only I've is, only done pro CS:GO. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is as far <laughs> from pro CS:GO as you can get. Um, <laughs> but like, we we played the J- James found this thing where it's like it's all very like gothic inspired except you're running around with you know tactical gloves on and a knife and an m40 <laughs> like m40 is that a gun nice. I don't know. oh m4 sorry um but yeah like man it, it it's and it's like weird russian game developer like modder done in his Wait. free time so it's a lot of jump puzzles it's, i i is one of them when you loaded it like did it have custom voices it's like text to speech yeah so it's like what yeah, am I, I know there's here? I know yeah. there's one because uh, I used to watch Shroud back in the day and uh, his like uh, donation alert was a voice from that thing where it would it would just go <laughs> where the fuck I am. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> what it is. Okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I think the, the guide said something like uh, this should only take 15 minutes to complete. I'm pretty sure we have a two hour recording from this monstrosity. <laughs> uh, was Andy yeah. getting scared? Andy got a little spooked. Yeah. It, it's not, it, it's not super scary. Um, but also it's, I don't think it's procedural. So like we, we would have to keep replaying it because if you all die, you start again. And so there, there were definitely moments where he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah this is, it's clear. Let's go, let's go. And then we fall into a pit of lava and uh, I don't know, but uh, I, I guess we're going to keep, trying to do these things <laughs> oh god I, they're they're stressful so um but yeah kind of kind of doing those is like um that's going to be like our monday video for a little while right yeah i, I think. think so yeah. nice until in, until we get back into like the you know the wheelhouse or uh those types of games um i guess are we going to do sin again is that happening i don't were know we su- i mean we supposed to continue know. that John I don't know. Going, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, I know I, we, we have, we have a lot of, we have a lot of stuff where like we start and then we don't, 
continue, but like uh, like the racing of two games, like yeah. a remake and an original. I want to do one of those again. That was so much fun. Yeah, that was great. We should. And John, yeah. you were a great host for that. Yeah. Right, Sorry, I got distracted. What? <laughs> we're talking about the race? Tony, Tony Hawk and his son Rebel or whatever. Talking about the Final Fantasy VII race where, that you. Oh, were. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got nervous because you said uh, that CSGO is going to be the Monday video and I'm editing that. And I was like, wait, I have to have it done by Monday. <laughs> but it uh, goes up Monday the, the 25th. Yeah, yeah. A couple yeah. Monday, like Monday two. or two. Yeah. I, I was going to give you shit for editing during the recording of our podcast, but I did actually update a thumbnail while we were doing this because James <laughs> made a request that he have a monocle in the thumbnail and it is now done. <laughs> I looked at a picture of Hillary Duff with blue hair. (laughs) We're all doing different things during this podcast. What is is the relevancy of Hillary Duff in May of 2020? She just died. Well, there was supposed to be that that Lizzie McGuire, which I had never watched Lizzie McGuire. I don't know. But there was supposed to be a Disney Plus reboot. But then she recently, she dyed her hair blue. It's Mm, shocking blue, which I think is, is is interesting for the Duff. I thought it was because I had told you about that uh, Hillary Duff uh, m- screenplay that I had written in sixth grade about how her and I get locked out of my house and we have to spend a whole night, you know, out on the town. Did you actually? I outlined it. Yes. <laughs> Can you tell us? Do you remember what happens? I it, it didn't go very far. I just remember that I got locked out of my house and I went to my friend Matt's house who lived down the street. Uh, Chris was there. Um, and then because of some shenanigans, I got kicked out. Uh, and then I run into Hillary Duff and then we ended up gallivanting. You know, this was in sixth grade. <laughs> I also didn't really know what, I could do overnight. So that was kind of where I got, I got to the point where I was like, well, we're locked out all night. Oh, and then that was kind of <laughs> as far as I got. <laughs> but I remember at one point being like, I wonder if I can find an email for her agent or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm things, still rooting for you too. I think it'll work out. In your treatment, did things get romantic at any point? Was no. There any, or was there an implication? Well, I mean, no. There probably she would tried. have been a kiss near did the she, end. Did she like try and you were like, sorry, I'm just I was like, back sorry, house. I'm married to God. Because <laughs> I was at the time. Yeah. Oh, of course. Well, you do that thing. Right you know, I'm married to God, but I'm not that married. <laughs> <laughs> it just uh, means you're a slut and that's okay. <laughs> you're a little man slut, um, John. Well, we have, we have a couple me. things left to talk about. In sure. the show, but before we get to our, our fun little stuff that's left, <laughs> it's a word from our final sponsor, Warby Parker. Maybe you've seen their store in the mall or their ads online, but you should know about the lens crafting, prescription making, sunglass, contact lens company, Warby Parker. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores. They offer eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and contact lenses, as I just mentioned. Glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. Sunglasses, progressives, and blue light lenses are also available. Those blue light lenses are pretty vital uh, when you're like me sitting at home, you know, in front of a screen every day. I took the quiz and I ordered a home try-on kit and I had a pretty great experience doing it. It was really, really easy. The fact that I had a turnaround time to 
get the frames and check them out meant that I could get the opinions of my friends and loved ones before purchasing. And trust me, they had some pretty, uh, you know, specific opinions about it. Okay. It didn't take 2020 vision to see that, uh, maybe I need some new friends. I also need new glasses, which is why Warby Parker is perfect. Uh, I love my new frames and I see very clearly why so many people love Warby Parker. They also offer contact lenses now. Hey, eh? uh, which means that these are dailies. Uh, they're called Scout by Warby Parker. Scout is a comfortable, breathable, and affordable daily contact lens. A 90-day pack is only $55. That's not too bad at all. You can try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. When you order five pairs of glasses to try at home for free for five days, no obligation to buy. It ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label, so no work involved there. You can try five pairs of glasses at home for free if you go to warbyparker.com slash dudesoup. Check out my eyes. These are Warby Parker eyes. Hey, we're coming back to the show. Thank you, Warby Parker, for giving me eyeglasses and contact lenses and making sure I see. That's That's been a sensitive spot for me throughout COVID-19, throughout this quarantine. So I want to make sure that, you know, because James, he always says that his thing with the apocalypse is that if um, something did happen where the world kind of like disintegrated, shut down, and he couldn't get contact lenses or eyewear, um, that's when he would be like, I'm out. And and yeah. since then he's like burned it in my brain, like oh I need to be able to make sure I can always have visibility. So that was something he brought point. up that I had never thought about, and I, I'm not sure has ever I've never seen it in like an apocalyptic type media or that's like a plot point or something. So yeah, yeah, like Harry Potter It'd might cool. break his glasses, you know, on the first day of school, but yeah. they have wizard magic. If only they had a spell that could fix it. And everything I guess else. Lord of the Flies, Piggy's glasses. <laughs> Are they remaking that? Are they? Gonna, I think they're doing another Lord of the Flies. Is it just like all the kids? It's a, it's, it's a female version of Lord of the Flies. I remember reading. Oh, Lord of the Flows. <laughs> they're all sinking up on that island. Jesus. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to have... I wouldn't want to... Okay, since I've been one, I can say this. I wouldn't want to be a... 13-year-old girl on an island with a bunch of other 13-year-old girls that are all getting our periods for the first time. Yeah. I think you can all you guys can agree with me. It's a full can, moon tonight. I think tonight. you can both agree. I think you can both audibly agree say and say it. <laughs> I think you can say the words and agree with me that you mm. What's the next topic? All When's right, Green Knight coming here? out? I want to see that movie. <laughs> Sir Gowan and the Green Knight? Or I guess they're just calling it Green Knight, right? It's just Green Knight. Yeah. Is that an adaptation right. of something? I thought it was like, you know, like that really old story of all text. time or whatever. Yeah. The Epic of yeah. Gilgamesh. <laughs> Close. Yes. Really, it, it's an authorless, unknown author. Um, oh, it's anywho. 14th century. <laughs> yeah. It's Western, John. Western he wags, wags his finger uh, <laughs> like some kind of. <laughs> Ancient story hipster. <laughs> uh, one like quick final story uh, that I picked up on. On May 5th, Twitter support posted, when things get heated, you may say things you don't mean. To let you rethink a reply, we're running a little experiment, or sorry, pardon me. We're running a limited experiment on iOS with a prompt that gives you the option to revise your reply before you publish it. Uh, if it uses language that could be harmful. Oh. Uh, now, Twitter already has a hateful conduct policy in place. It's supposed to prohibit individuals, you know, using slurs or uh, content that dehumanizes or degrades 
or harms others, you know, categories of people or uh, individuals and or that tries to dehumanize people based on mm-hmm. religion, age, disability, et cetera. Um, the, the, the weird thing about this is it's still not an edit function on Twitter. It's just you'll have like a little prompt pop up that says, are you sure you want to call someone a cunt or like whatever? <laughs> and it'll be also be interesting to see like what Twitter identifies mm-hmm. as like how good that mm. bot is at, it, at you know. It, it should just put you in a closed system. So like it should allow you to post it, but it doesn't go anywhere. It's like uh, Creed when they uh, gave him his blog and it was just a word. It was just a oh, yeah. word document. It's a text document. <laughs> yeah. So like it sends it and it's like you say your thing and it, get, it gets thousands of retweets and all this stuff. But then the next day go. So like when you're drunk and angry or whatever, when you sent that stuff, it just it just sort of puts you in a black box. Yeah. You know? But then there the was next morning. There's. The, yeah. Well, there's a game so. that did that where if you were like cheating or being an asshole or whatever, it would just put you in a server with all the cheating assholes. Oh yeah, what but it wouldn't tell something you. Something recently, wasn't it like, like COD or Apex Legends? Like something they've newer. They've done it. They've done it yeah. with fighting games as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's like if you're gonna pee in the sandbox, we're just gonna put you in the the piss covered sandbox with other. everyone else. Yeah. So <laughs> go play in there. Um, yeah, I still think it's a it's a little lame. Um, well, I mean, is this going to have you cut down on your racial hatred <laughs> or like, is it going to increase it? What do you think? Agree that you wouldn't want to be on that island. Say it. Say it with the women, with the girls. I want to be the dead pilot. The I just pre-pubescent girl. <laughs> or I want, I want to just drop a rock on my head. <laughs> the pilot symbolizes Christ. Or wait, no, is Piggy Christ? I don't remember. I think the Isn't the pilot Christ? Because he's like. His arms are outstretched or whatever. The pilot wasn't in the book. The pilot was just in the movie. And he's like, don't worry, boys, they're coming. And then they're like, pilot's dead. What do we do? I'm like, mm, maybe we kill the or fat Or was kid. the pilot symbolic of the loss of innocence? I don't know. I don't know. Ask, ask that hack author. Who is it? <laughs> J.D. Salinger? Just, is it Joseph I, Conrad? Some, um, some guy sweet. you've never heard of. No, no. Who was? Who wrote Lord of the Flies? Hang on, Cormac go. McCarthy. Okay. <laughs> At least oh, for clarification, it, it was William Sorry. Goldman. Who William, I knew Goldman. that. I just wasn't going to say okay. anything. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no way. It's William Goldman. At least for clarification, this Twitter thing they're doing isn't going to censor it to the people that the met the hateful messages are being sent to. It's just going to like ask the people sending the dehumanizing, degrading messages. <laughs> If they're sure that they want to send them, because I'm fairly certain if they're <laughs> writing them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's like, like, huh, maybe I should rethink my life. Yes, it should. I wish that it was like, you know, sa- I wish it was sassy. I wish it was like, sugar, you want to rethink that statement? <laughs> like something like that, you know? <laughs> it should be, if you if you post something like that, it just sends you to like a page for like getting like anger management or something. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it sucks. It's like t- we can't have nice things in any regard. I think it it's just an example of how kind of Twitter for a long time doesn't really – I mean, not that they don't know what to do, but they maybe don't have much recourse to, like, prevent this, like, everyone just shitting on each other on their platform. 
Um, and I mean, that that's something that in a number of social media, you know, they've done studies that like the more people scroll social media, the more extreme their views get, the more biased they get, in, the more entrenched they get into their own views, the less open minded they are. It's kind of just a universal product of social media that people become kind of shittier. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's a bummer. Because, you know, we like we all use social media and there's a lot of great stuff on it. But, you know, it also has seems to have some negative effects on people's mental well-being. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. Do you agree with me? (laughs) About the previous thing you said, maybe. About the thing you said about the thing. (laughs) Um, Hey, real quick. I'm doing this real quick for Omar. The clap thing or whatever. Um, the stream went down. So Nicholas is asking oh. me if we were recording. Was anyone recording? I'm recording. I'm, I'm recording my individual camera and my Same. audio. John, right. are you? Yep. Oh, okay. Excellent. Okay. Whew. Oh, I didn't see. Where is he asking that in Discord? He asked me. Uh, oh, he says we're back. Okay. Whew. Uh, well, oh, okay. good. I'm, I'm glad we were all. Uh, Man, I was so poignant just then. You were on top <laughs> of I mean. It. It'll still be in the show, in the final oh. show. You were, oh, I mean, I mean, you were absolutely right. No, no, no. Yeah, we didn't lose it. I'm just saying, I think because I, yeah, I just think he, he was asking me if we're, if something, he was well, asking if we're recording. Pretend which like, that it never happened. <laughs> so, Lord of the Flies, tell me more about this. What is this, a book? Well, it's been about 16 years. No, more since I've read it. Eight, yeah. 19. Right. I lied about reading it in ninth grade. I was 14, oh. yeah, so we we years. we had to read it in high school and no. then as a a special gift we got to watch 20. the Simpsons episode that it was based on. So that was cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. my familiarity with it. Tastes like burning. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, yeah, go banana, same episode I think. Yeah. <laughs> go banana. Go. I was actually watching Simpsons recently. I've been going back. I've I'm starting to see I basically looked up when Conan was a writer on the Simpsons. And I, mm-hmm. I, it started with season four, I think. I started at season four, and I'm kind of watching Spotted throughout there, kind of remembering episodes that I do remember and rewatching them. In season episode one of season four, Ralph is introduced, but he's not hit the character that he is at all. He's just kind of he's yeah. not even like as round as as he is. He's just kind of just this little kid. I don't even know if he's Ralph Wiggum at that point. Might have just been kid. Those, yeah. I yeah. Don't remember. Well, I mean, they, they refer to him as Ralph and he has the same like string hair. But apart mm. from that, it's like mm. it's least, interesting uh, to think that like even in season four, they were still kind of fleshing out these characters that from my perspective were like iconic staples of the show. And, mm-hmm. and they were able to do that. Yeah. Which like you really couldn't do now. Yeah, which is crazy because they just renewed Bob's Burgers for like season 11 or 10 or whatever it is. And it's like, it feels like that show's only been on for four years. It's weird. It's, I don't know. It's odd to think that that's been on for a decade. But here we are. Yeah, I, uh, here we are. um, Elise, you sent Jess and I that clip of uh, Hank Azaria talking to Conan. And like that, if I, if I could have a dream podcast, it would just be, Conan talking about the Simpsons and talking yep. with people who he worked with um, every week of just like, what was that like during that time? And just Dude. every story. Yeah. I, I listen that, to Conan's podcast religiously 
um, every week and I, I listen to his at homes and uh, I go back and I really re-listen to them. And whenever he talks about Simpsons or SNL, mm-hmm. it's like it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. That like There's- I know you guys were telling me about this podcast for so long and I finally finally just binged a bunch of it. And yeah, like that was something I realized was like, oh, snap. He was a writer on SNL and most of the people or a lot of the, a lot of his guests were either writers or, you know, uh, on camera, like cast members of SNL. And that's basically all they talk about during the episode. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize the insight that we were getting with Conan's podcast until I listened to it. He just did episodes with Kevin Nealon and then uh, Mike Myers and, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's just like it's great. And like him and Kevin Nealon, it was just Kevin Nealon, like being aggro to Conan the whole time. <laughs> uh, and those are my favorite when it's like someone that he's clearly like known for years and years. And Mike Myers is like it's it's really, really sweet listening to them talk about SNL because they talk about it with like such great reverence that it was such a catapulting platform for them in their careers. And like they look back at it as like, you know, the, the one of the um, pivotal times of their lives. But then they also talk about it with just great trauma. <laughs> yeah. It's like it was it's such yeah. a, you know, like when you're in it, a, such a, a grinding experience. To I love the 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 story of Larry David. <laughs> Have you heard that? Yeah. No. Or he, he it was well, it's what George was based on the episode of Seinfeld where he quits and then he comes back the next day and pretends oh. like he didn't quit. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you're referring um, to? Right. There was that, but then in that same story, he talks about how, like, you know, he came in in the morning on, like, his first day, or it was the day before they do all the pitches, because basically oh, yeah. it's known that the writers, I think it's on, they do all the pitches Wednesday Tuesday morning, maybe, and, and on Tuesday night, everyone stays up all night working yeah. on everything, and then on Wednesday morning, they pitch it, and, like, Tuesday at, like, six or seven or whatever, Larry's, like, packing up to leave, and he's, like, he goes to leave, and, uh, uh, Shit, what is his name? Lauren. Lauren yeah, Lauren Michaels yeah. is like, oh, so you're leaving. He's like, that's not really how we, we do it leave. here. Yeah, and Larry was like, well, I've worked a full day of work, so I'm just going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone's terrified of Lauren Michaels. Um, yeah. That's where Dr. Who? Evil came from, right? Dr. Evil? I think Dr. I think Dr. Evil was in, is based on Lauren Michaels. Oh. Uh, I I think I saw I saw a Howard Stern show clip where you know he's always trying to create drama. He's like, so how did you feel, Dana Carvey, when Mike Myers like bit your bit your Lauren Michaels impersonation? And Dana was basically just like, you know, I was maybe the first one to do it like on camera, but everyone kind of had their own Lauren Michaels impersonation. And yeah, maybe he did bite mine a little bit, but yeah. He was very Dana was very political and, you know, didn't buy into the the shit that was Howard Stern was trying to get him to throw. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Growing up, I had two books. It was like the first 20 years of SNL and then it was the Simpsons like seasons one through eight encyclopedia. And I was like, you know, pre-internet stuff. So it's like all I did was read about the history of SNL and read every tidbit that the Simpsons creators were willing to give me. Yeah, I, like, I feel like those are two things I've read a lot about, too. I mean, you didn't know this, but Robert Downey Jr. was on one season of SNL, like half a season as a cast member. Really? Did you say we didn't know this? 
I think I don't think most people know that. But oh, yeah. I I knew that because I, I know you I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Of course, you know you know everything. <laughs> you psychopath. No, I, I, I love SNL. Keenan passed Daryl Hannah, mm-hmm. and he's now the longest running uh, cast Darryl member. Hammond. Dar- Daryl Hammond. Yeah. Who am I thinking of? <laughs> he was the he was the like animal guy, wasn't he? There's a. He he did a Bill Clinton for a while, but yeah. Yeah, there's a doc on him on Netflix, but I he I was never a huge fan of his. Like I respect him, but he was never my like go to. Yeah. It was like but him Keenan and Colin and I, Quinn were like, I could see how someone likes these people, but yeah. they're not for me. Keenan, I liked Colin Quinn's talk like, show. Oh yeah, what was it called? <laughs> Night at the Roxbury. It was comedians. <laughs> Comedians talking about politics or something. Oh. Keenan's Keenan's a whole other level. You can put Keenan in every sketch, and he's versatile, and he saves everything. And there's mm. always murmurings that he's going to replace Lorne Michaels someday. Oh my god, oh. Keenan like running the ship, but like no one has mm. a bad thing to say about him. And man, I I think he's just like, uh, I, you know, and it's weird because I did I was never like a Good Burger or Keenan and Kel person. Like never really mm. like into either of those or, or I don't I don't even know if I've seen Good Burger I don't think so like or in you its entirety it I, was a product of its time and it's it did yeah. not it does not age well but I mean uh, all that was a product of its time which is it, I never saw it all that awful sketch show but I watched every but, episode uh, so I, I my experience with him was really like Mighty Ducks and uh or no he's not in Mighty Ducks even what am I thinking is he in any any other kids he's movies? in he's in uh Heavyweights Maybe that's no, is he? Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. I I need my fixin' of '90s exploitation it, it, of overweight children. And I think it was. I, I love heavyweights. It's one of my favorites. Ben Stiller yeah. is the hero of that movie, but they treat him as the villain. <laughs> oh, you know what I watched last night that like I think you both would really like is the if you haven't seen it already the uh, Meyerowitz stories. On Netflix, Wait, the Adam that? Sandler. Adam oh, Sandler yeah, that's that's like where they, oh, yeah. they, the, the dialogue's all like super realistic, right? Where they're like, well, yeah, it's yeah. Like, they talk on top of each other and stuff. Yeah, it's like about a family in New York City. Um, yeah. I've, like, I've enjoyed you know. all of Noah Baumbach's movies that I've seen, but I think the last one I saw was the one was it with Story? Ben Stiller. Like it was something like Mr. Green Boy or something. Oh, Mr. <laughs> uh, it was Greenberg. Yeah, right? something like that. Yeah, that was I the last one I that. saw. Like you're thinking of a Good decade Burger. ago. <laughs> you're thinking of Green Burger, yeah. But <laughs> Noah and the Whale. I, I would if to me it felt like Royal Tenenbaums light, mm-hmm. um, or like maybe right. Royal Tenenbaums more grounded in the real world than a, a sort of like whimsical world. But I, I like we have I, we didn't finish it, but I was like, oh wow, I can't I wait. I wish I hadn't slept on this for so long. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We're we just finished Dave. Last night. Oh yeah, um, man! I watched the first I'm, how is three that? episodes. Amazing. That is. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, I, FX is like killing it in terms of those shows that just like grip you, like Atlanta and now Dave. Um, but holy crap! I I knew of a little Dicky and like kind of followed the stuff, but like that season was a ride. Um, yeah, highly recommend. I had it's super easy I, to watch. I I avoided it because little Dicky like has collaborated with Chris Brown only recently, even though oh. he's proven to be a very garbage person. So I was kind of, I kind of held that against little Dickie. 
I kind of held that against little Dicky, but I I will watch hmm. Dave. Yeah, it's it's a strangely uh, meta show. Um, I'm yeah. I saw a car drive by my window. So well, weird. We got we got to wrap this up because I think we have like a meeting after this or something. I just saw. Uh, I just got a, a pop up, and do. I gotta go. I gotta go spray my meat. So oh yeah, he's got, Adam's spraying his meat every. Spray my meat now. right now. <laughs> um, but I just want to uh, close it out by with with a couple things. Um, May twenty fifth through thirty first. Uh, tune it. You know, kind of funny and fun house. Follow us both because we're doing kind of fun house week. There's gonna be lots and lots of cool content coming out of both channels as we do this crossover. I, I'm excited for it. We've already started. Uh, pre-recording some of that stuff a lot of it's going to be live but i think it's going to be really really fun also this weekend on the channel we've got great videos one of which is the 22nd showdown game show it's great that's everyone everyone in this vid, uh podcast oh, yeah. and then some and Man. uh we got it's a game show um is it a game show that like devolved into chaos kind of unintentionally yeah, yeah i mean al- alcohol's involved but i think that's only part of the problem cocaine's a hell of a drug Co- yes um, <laughs> we don't have any more no. but it um, is but yeah there there were there was too much drinking uh more I, than i've been intended. pulling i've been pulling thumbnails for that and watching you slowly devolve through the episode of like you're the host and then when you're when drunk elise is like one of my favorite people in the world when just I just all her. laughs and just all all laughs and spite <laughs> it's so perfect i want a t-shirt with that says laughs and spite oh man just um, just you because you become like the sharpest tool in in the knife drawer when you have a couple of drinks in you because it's like i feel like you're you're just always holding back you're like superman you're just like i know i could Oh, destroy no. you if I wanted to, but I have to hold back. And once you start drinking, you just you become I never, so vicious. I would, <laughs> I'm not. I would never say anything mean to people that uh, I didn't like. Sorry, oh, wait. I know. I I never yes. take offense to it, even though. Um, you know, and I don't. Oh, I didn't text. think I was particular. <laughs> I didn't think I was mean in Twenty Second Showdown. I was. I thought it no, was no, you're you're fine. It's just it's just visually watching you, just all the faces and all the like laughing oh, and just like it's. I'm it, I'm excited was, for people to see that episode. It was wild, and I, I had a really fun time doing it. Uh, Same. Also, um, what, I've been tr- meaning to do this for a few weeks, and I keep forgetting, but want to give a shout-out to a new podcast that's coming from Rooster Teeth. It's called I Have Notes, and it's coming from our animation department, who we've worked with on projects like Sex Wing, the animated series. We've worked with them on on the Red versus Blue episodes we've done, and a ton of other stuff tangentially. We, we love so many people that are involved with this podcast. So we, we just want to mention it because we like them and we think that they're really talented and interesting. Um, but it's a bunch of these people who have worked professionally in the animation industry and they're discussing just all things animation, entertainment, and their their creative process. Uh, and I'm sure that's going to be pretty funny and entertaining too. It, it releases cool. on Thursdays for first members and then on Friday on YouTube and then other audio networks in between there. That sounds I have, very interesting. Yeah, it's I have notes and uh, we we like everyone involved. So if you're looking for something else to to fill your time right now, check it out. And Adam and John, thank you so much for a really fun dude soup. For sure, Master. I've eaten way too many berries over the past hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're starting to ferment. Yeah, I was just gonna say they're 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 going raw or, or they're they're turning to rancid in his stomach. 
Thank you for hosting, Elise. You did a, oh, a fantastic job. I had a wonderful always. time. I thank love, you. Grazie, I love catching grazie, up with you guys. Same. And uh, tune in live every day. I don't know who's on after this. It's keeping the lights on. Is it keeping the lights on? That's what that's what it says on the website that I'm oh looking my, at. It says live in five minutes. Oh Hurry up, God. mofos. Why would it Are say that? Are you kidding that? me? That's a, that's a big, <laughs> oh, man, that's a big show to, to open for. Whew. Um, it's well, better when you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you know. stick around. Say hi to Jack and Jeff for me. <laughs> Yeah. Do it yourself. Stay in chat. Oh, we got to go to you. <laughs> yeah, we got to meet. Jack and Jeff. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for watching. And thank you, Bye. Nick. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Nick.